Welcome, everyone, today to Victoria and Friends. Seriously, you have been such a dear friend to me. And I'm so grateful that I can call you my friend. So, Father, I just ask you to help our friends. I'm good. It's so lovely to be with you. (laughs) You don't have the face for radio. You have the face for television. (laughs) Today, I'm talking to a friend of mine. You're amazing. Thank you so much for having me, Victoria, and congratulations on your new show. Welcome to Victoria and Friends. Victoria's guest today is the President and Executive Director for Living Hope Chaplaincy, based in Houston, Texas, Steve Austin. And now, here's Victoria Osteen. I am so excited to talk to my friend, Steve Austin. Now, Steve, I have known you for so long. You've been with Lakewood Church for 24 years or more? Yes, I, uh, Susie and I came to Lakewood about three months after you and Joel became pastors. So I've I've been with you guys for almost the whole ride. Oh my goodness, time flies when you're having fun. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Steve, you're, I've known you. You are one of my favorite people. If there's anybody that I want praying for me, it is Steve Austin. Because you are an amazing man of God. Your faith is so incredible. You have the Word of God so in you. You are just like you squeeze Steve and the Word of God comes out of him, you know, and the faith comes out. But can I rewind a little bit, Steve, because I find it very fascinating that before you became a part of the ministry at Lakewood 24 years ago, you were an attorney. That's right. So you studied to be an attorney, and that's not easy. I have a—Alexander has a friend who's been—she's about to graduate, and that sweet thing has been through it, getting through law school. It is no easy task. So tell me a little bit about your story. Well, I went to law school, and, and, uh, you know, law school was tough, for sure. I remember um, the orientation before law school started, and there's like hundreds of kids— um, fixing to start law school, and the dean gets up there and he says, I want you to look at the person to your left and the person to your right, because after one semester, one of you is not going to be here, and after the second semester, two out of the three of you aren't going to be here. So, um, yeah, and, th- and that's the way it that's, was. That it really was, built a lot of confidence in you, didn't it? <laughs> right. I was, I was scared to death, but it, it, was, it was tough for sure. And then um, I practiced law for eight years in Houston. I was maybe the least likely person to write a book on healing. I know we're going we're gonna to get into my book in a little bit, um, God Heals, but I, I grew up in churches that didn't teach anything about healing, and um, I, I didn't know anything about that. It wasn't on my radar, and— I was just practicing law and kind of minding my own business, you know, and um, my brother-in-law invited me to a Christian businessman's fellowship luncheon, and the speaker that day happened to be a short-term missionary who goes around the world and does healing crusades, and so um, I went and I listened to him, and he talked about all the miracles that had taken place at his crusades, And, um, of course, it was totally out of my wheelhouse. I didn't grow up with that. Um, And Were you going to church at this time? I was, So you were taking your family to church. Right. Okay. Yeah. I was going to church, and um, and I'd I'd met Susie, my wife, and um, I kind of got away from the Lord during college and law school because I grew up in religion. Uh, you know, I didn't, I didn't really have a relationship with Jesus. And so it was kind of easy for me in college and law school to get away from the Lord because I didn't have a personal relationship. 
But when I met Susie, my wife, we were both at the same place and we we had kind of both um you know done the worldly thing and gotten away from god and i'm not i'm we didn't do anything crazy or bad but we just didn't you're doing did, your own thing yeah exactly and so we were at the same place we both wanted to turn back to god and give our lives totally to him we started going to church together and and we were um we were just full full on for god and um, but I still didn't know anything about healing or the supernatural or any any of that kind of thing. And so I listened to this speaker talk about all his all the miracles that God had done. And I was I was just so intrigued, but dubious at the same time because it just, you know, was it was out of my realm of, of experience. And I went up to him afterward and I introduced myself and I said, I would love to go on one of your trips sometime. And so he said, Well, I'm going to India in a month. Why don't you join me? So I went on on my very first foreign mission trip to India with with this man, and um, we did healing crusades in the morning and at night. And I kind of went on this trip as a doubting Thomas. I I, I went with the mindset of if if this is true, I want to see it with my own eyes. And so I saw God, you know, heal people of blindness, deafness, paralysis all kinds of diseases right in front of my eyes. And there was no theatrics. There was no smoke and mirrors. It was just God touching people. And I had never seen anything like that. And it just, it totally shattered the little religious box that I had God in my whole life. And it, it just, it really just opened my eyes to how powerful and how personal God is. So how how long did you practice law after that? After that, well, um, I would say about a year after that. That just changed my whole life. And it was like, you know, that genie was not going to go back in the bottle after that. You know, I, I, I experienced God in such a supernatural way. And so I came back from that trip and I started praying for the sick. It kind of lit a fire in me to minister to sick people. And I started praying for sick people and God continued to do miracles. And so after, I would say after maybe another six months or so of practicing law, I, um, I really felt God pulling me to into ministry. And so I talked to Susie about it and um, we prayed about it for about six months you know, that's kind of a big decision. Well, a, I'm wondering, did you yeah. tell your parents this after they paid for law school yeah. and everything else, yeah. you know, and of course that's a nice income right. that you have coming right. in. Exactly. Yes. And so, yes, I did tell my parents and parents-in-law and, um, and they were so supportive. That's good. You know, um, you would think my parents-in-law would be like, well, you know, how are you going to support my daughter and, you know, that kind of thing. But they were just so supportive and so sweet. And um, anyway, make a long story short, after praying for about six months and, and really seeking God, Susie felt a confirmation that um, I was supposed to step out of law and go into ministry. And it was a major step of faith because I didn't, I don't have anybody in my family in ministry um, so I didn't have any role models for that. Um, I hadn't been to seminary or Bible college. Um, I didn't have a job lined up in ministry, nothing. And so um, I just took a leap of faith, a total leap of faith, and I just left law cold turkey 
with no job. I didn't have a job lined up at Lakewood or anything. Right. I just stepped out and and started doing ministry. I did all kinds of things. Um, we started going to Lakewood. Like right after I stepped out of ministry, we started going to Lakewood. And so that was Jan- that was January of uh, 2000. So that was a huge watershed, you know, uh, time in my life where I left my career, left my church, started going to a new church, um, started doing ministry, didn't really know what I was doing. Did but, you ever have times through that transition that you doubted? Oh, yes, absolutely. And you thought, what am I doing? Yes. I can always go back. Did you think, yes. I can, well, I can always go back to law if this doesn't work out? For sure, for sure. So I, I started volunteering in about, six, in, in about six or seven different ministries at Lakewood. And I, I was doing hospital and all these other men's ministry and different, different ministries. And I remember one time I went to um, went to the hospital and made all these visits. And I remember calling Susie on the way home, and I was literally crying. And I was like, I, I don't know if anybody even cares what I'm doing or anybody even notices. I don't know what. And my friends thought I was crazy. <laughs> you know, they were like, they were like, what are you doing? You know, you left a prestigious job and you know, great income and all this stuff, and you're just like going and making hospital visits now. And so it was, yeah, it was, it was a rough time for a while. And, um, but that's when God taught me to really walk in faith and not, not go by my feelings. You know, feelings are a roller coaster. They'll jerk you all around and, and, and we can't trust our feelings, mm. but we have to trust what God has told us. And, um, so that, that was really kind of a, a very developmental period for me, developing my character and my faith walk and, and all of that. Well, that's incredible because, you know, like you said, people, you think to yourself, does this make a difference? Right. Am I even, is anybody even care? And so sometimes we get, we get that attitude. It's like, yeah. you know, are you even up there anymore, God? Right. You know, do you see what I'm doing? But through all of this, you really, when did you really like get to the place where you were like, this is what I know I'm supposed to do. Pray for sick mm-hmm. people. And, you know, because yeah. this book came out that you wrote, God Heals, Eight Keys to uh, defeat sickness and receive divine healing. This came out a couple years ago. No, it was January of this year. It was January so, of yeah, this so year. So four, f- about what five months ago? Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. so you have been like practicing right. ministry for twenty four yes. years before you really yes. felt qualified to really want to write this book, right. or really felt like you had something to say in this area. Yes. So it's pretty incredible. I love. I, I, I like. I said, you know. Uh, Steve is you. You're the chaplain at the hospital. We have an, an amazing uh, medical center here in Houston, Texas. Yes. And tell us a little bit about how you kind of, you know, became like the chaplain and yeah. and that type of thing. So so I've been doing. I've been ministering to the sick in hospitals for for 25 years now, and um, I just you know it's it's just been a passion of mine since since going on that mission trip and God really opened my eyes and, and just lit a fire in me for that. And it's just never gone out. Um, it's, it's, it's just my greatest passion in ministry. 
And so I've been ministering to, to, you know, thousands and thousands of people over the years. We have the largest medical center in the world in Houston. And uh, yeah, and we, you know, our medical center gets 10 million patient visits a year. So, um, you know, we have these huge hospitals and I've been going to all of them for years. And I noticed over the years that people just aren't getting the spiritual care that they need in hospitals. They're isolated from their family, from their, their church often. Um, they're, they're going through the toughest, um, challenge of their life. And, and so, um, I started an organization called Living Hope Chaplaincy, under the Lakewood umbrella. And it's like, um, I don't know if your viewer, if your listeners know Champions Club, but Champions Club is, is a ministry we have at Lakewood for special needs um, families. It's kind of like that except for hospital patients and their families. So um, I, I developed that about three years ago, talked to Pastor Joel first and got his blessing on it. But, but I trained volunteers to go into hospitals, and um, I assign them to different hospitals, and they are doing, uh, they're providing spiritual care to hospital patients, their family members, and healthcare workers. And this year, we're on track to visit over 50,000 patients. Wow. And we're all over the Houston area. We've expanded into El Paso, Corpus Christi. We're about to expand into San Antonio. And so my, my, my hope is um, kind of like what Pastor Craig has done in Champions Club to just keep expanding um, and, and just be an ambassador for, for Lakewood Church and, and, and Jesus in the hospitals. Well, you know, we are, we are so grateful for that ministry and that we can reach out. And, you know, it is people who are coming under the Word of God and having these desires that God's placed in their heart that they can go and they can train others to do the same thing. And I love that under your leadership, we are able to touch so many more lives. You know, in your book, you talk about a lot of miracles and yeah. you talk about just things that have happened. Tell us just maybe one miracle that has really stood out to you that, I mean, all miracles stand yes, out, right? Yes. And you never lose the awe right. of what God's doing. But do you have one that just, you know, yes. you, you didn't know, maybe you just, and God came through and you just, it just renewed and re-sparked your faith? Yes. Gosh, there's been so many wow miracles. Um, I, I could write an encyclopedia on everything that I've seen, but one that kind of stands out in my mind was I was going through chaplaincy training at MD Anderson um, Cancer Center, and I was doing uh, 12-hour shifts while working at Lakewood. So I was I, I still had my job at Lakewood overseeing all the all the ministries I oversee. But I was doing this um, as well to prepare for Living Hope Chaplaincy to oversee that ministry. And so um, I would be there from like 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. every Monday doing chaplaincy, doing uh, rounds, seeing patients. And I got paged to go to this um, 17-year-old girl's room, and she had a brain tumor. And the doctors had, had said, you know, there's, there's really nothing more we can do. We've done everything that we can do, but her parents were in the room, and the parents and the and the 17-year-old girl, they they were still believing God. And um, and so 
um, they wanted to pray with a chaplain. So I, I said, I said, let's do it. Let's pray. You know, God is a God of miracles. And I can't tell you how many miracles I've seen when they said they couldn't, the doctor said they couldn't do anything else. So let's just pray and believe God. So we spent like an hour, uh, praising God, praying, declaring the word of God. And you could feel the presence of God so strong in the room. It was, it was palpable. And, um, and so I left and make a long story short, the mom contacted me a few days later and said, said, you're not going to believe this. My daughter got a, a new MRI and the doctor was just dumbfounded. Mm. He, he said he's never seen anything like this. Um, there's no medical explanation for it, but the tumor is just gone. It just vanished. And, um, but, but the story gets even better. So that girl checked out. She, she discharged from the hospital and a three-year-old boy checked in and got her same room and he had a brain tumor. And he had been transferred over from Texas Children's, which is one of the top children's hospitals in the world. And they said, there's, there's nothing more we can do. So they, they sent him to MD Anderson. MD Anderson doctor said, there's really nothing we can do. This is too advanced. He got her same bed and her same room. And the, and the presence of God was still in that room. And, and his tumor got wiped out. Wow. He got totally healed. Uh, so, so that is one that really stands out in my mind because that was like a two for one, you know, that was just so amazing that two brain tumors got wiped out, just vanished. And I've seen God do that many, many times. Isn't that incredible? I mean, God just set that little boy up. Yeah. So you, you talk about praise and worship. You said that you, you, y'all were in the room praising yeah, God and yeah. praying for like an hour. Tell me, yeah. tell me what you think about, you know, the importance of praise mm, yeah. when you're seeking healing and, and worship. So many people, and I wrote a whole chapter on this in my book, um, because so many people don't, don't really think about praising God when they're in pain. You know, they don't feel good. They're sick. And like, like what do I have to praise God about? We, we have this misconception about praise, that praise is something we do when we're in church, when the worship team is up there and everything's, you know, hunky-dory in our lives and we're praising God. But really, praise is, is one of our most powerful weapons. Mm. It, it really, really mm. is. Um, praise is what brings God into your situation like few other things do. The Bible says that he inhabits our praises, so if you want if you want to get God into your situation, just start praising Him, and a lot of times your your flesh isn't going to feel like it. You you may feel sick, you may feel weak, tired because you don't think you have anything to praise Him for. Exactly, exactly. But but the reality is, we always have many things to praise God for. Um, it's like the walls of Jericho. He said, exactly. march around these walls exactly. seven times. Right. You know, and they're like, yes. they're, how, how did they feel on lap three and nothing else is, right. nothing's happening. Yes. Yeah. That's a great example. And I, and I use that in my book too. You know, here, here's these huge walls, huge, thick, you know, um, impenetrable walls around, around Jericho. And what does God tell them to do? He doesn't tell them to bomb them and different things like that. He says, I want you to send the praise team around seven times. And I want you to just do nothing but just praise. And on that seventh day, I want you to give a shout of praise. 
and the walls came down. God did it. God knocked those walls down because they praised him. Mm. You know, I think of uh, Paul and Silas in prison. It was, they were in a Roman prison. That, that, that was a horrible place. Not like the prisons we have today where you lay around and watch TV, <laughs> you know, and get three meals a day. This, this was a horrible place and uh, stinky and, and hot and everything. And it says at midnight that Paul and Silas were singing hymns and like praising God and God sent an earthquake and loosed everyone, not just Paul and Silas, but everyone in the prison were loosed of their chains and they walked out. And, um, and, and that's how God responds to praise. So it's a very, very powerful weapon in our arsenal. And it's something that even when our flesh doesn't feel like it, we just need to give God the sacrifice of praise. Isn't that the truth? And that's why it's called a sacrifice right. of praise. Yes. You know, I'm talking to my friend Steve Austin, and he's been with our ministry for 24 years, was a, was a successful attorney, but felt the call of God on his life to, to the ministry of healing. Now, I know you, have, you oversee a lot of the ministries at Lakewood, but your passion is the ministry of healing. And this book, God Heals, is, is incredible. If you, uh, you know, if you want to know more about healing, it's a beautiful book by Steve Austin, Eight Keys to Defeat Sickness and Receive Divine Healing. But, you know, talking about praise and talking about that, that sacrifice of praise, let me ask you, you have, you talk in your book about, you know, the healing of the soul mm. and that, uh, you know, the healing of the soul is so important to our physical yes, healing. Yes. And so sometimes when are the soulish area, explain what you yeah. mean about the soul yeah. and explain what you mean about how it relates to our physical bodies. Yeah. Thank you for that question. Cause I have a passion about that. In fact, I'm going to write a book on healing the soul. Um, I, I believe this is a, a huge, huge topic. Um, so God is, God is a, um, a, a three-part being, right? Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, Trinity. And he created us in his image and likeness, and he made us a three-part being. So we, we are a spirit. We're a spirit being. We have a soul, and our soul is our mind, our will, and our emotions. And, and our spirit and soul live inside a physical body. Um, but those three parts of our being, our spirit, our soul, and our body are, are interconnected and they affect each other. You know, we, we all can relate to not feeling good, you know, feeling exhausted or, or maybe we're sick or something and it kind of affects our soul a little bit. It kind of, you know, we're not as positive. It affects our mind, our, our emotions when, when our body feels lousy, but it also works in the reverse. When we have, um, uh, when we have unresolved hurts in our soul, when we have um, just pain and, and, and unforgiveness and, you know, um, anger, anger bitterness, all of those things in our soul, it, it affects our physical body as well. In fact, they talk about stress right? and what that does to exactly. your physical body. And that's part of that soulish realm. Yeah. You know, um, people can get on and actually Google this statistic. I mean, it's just, uh, it's a well-known statistic, but like 75 to eight to 90%, 75 to 90% of sicknesses have, have a root in stress. 
They're rooted in stress. And um, in fact, the word disease is a compound of, of dis, which means against, and ease, against ease. So when, when, we, when we have unease in, inside, in our soul, it weakens our immune system and it makes us vulnerable to disease. Mm, that is incredible. And so getting the Word of God in you and teaching and learning how to, um, uh, you know, combat these stresses of life. You yeah. know, people get hurt all the time. Right. People suffer loss, loss and grief can do a lot to the physical body, yeah. uh, loss of a business, loss of finances, you know, yeah. and, and having the word of God in you to, yes. to help you, you know, relieve these things yeah. because really it says cast your care upon the Lord, Yes, you know, because he cares for us. God knows there's going to be this weight that we we're so easily can, can carry and so easy can entangle us yes. and get us to where we, it, causes physical sickness and we have to learn how to cast those cares yes. upon him. And tell me a little bit about what you tell people when you, you know, you go in, you praise them, you yeah. would praise God. And yeah. what are some of the things you minister to the soul? Yeah. Well, one of the big things that I minister that I, uh, about that I see so often is, um, is about unforgiveness. Um, un- unforgiveness is one of the biggest blocks um, to, to God's blessings, including healing. You know, the Bible says if we don't forgive others, Jesus said this, I should, I should clarify. Jesus said, these are red letter words, that if we don't forgive others their trespasses, our Heavenly Father won't forgive us our trespasses. Um, now, that doesn't mean we're going to go to hell or anything like that, but what it means is we're not in right standing with God, and, and He can't bless us the way He wants to. If, if we're holding unforgiveness in our heart. So that's one of the main things that I talk to people about is, um, you know, if you have any unforgiveness toward anybody, just let it go. It's not worth it. It's not worth, um, you know, hindering your healing to hold on to that. You know, just let it go. Let God deal with them. Mm-hmm. And so that that's a big, big um topic is unforgiveness. Unforgiveness is huge. And some people don't, they think they've forgiven. Yeah. But you know, when something happens, that trigger comes. Yeah. And you know, whether it's, you know, holding onto a fence against a spouse or a, a family member or a coworker, you know, right. you can sometimes signal that by the triggers, yeah. things that trigger you. But, you know, the Bible says, what's the scripture? It says, forgive them 70 times yeah, seven. Right. So sometimes we have to continually offer it up to God. Yes. And, you know, I love that scripture that says, pray for your enemies. Yes. Because that's another way to release Absolutely. that unforgiveness. Because yes. the last thing you want to do is pray for your enemies. You're right. like, no, God, they did this against me. Yeah. Don't bless them. Bless me. You know, right, right. but God, there's, there's principles that can help us to let go. I kind of think yeah. about, you know, hold it onto something really tight. Sometimes right. it takes like one finger at a time mm-hmm. to let go. Yes. And so people who are listening today, you know, that think, well, now I get, I forgave that person. Well, is there a scripture that says I'll forgive and forget? Or is that just a saying? I have to look that up because sometimes it's yeah. hard to forget. Yeah. But you got to learn to forgive. A, I think that's a saying. I think it is and, too. And you know, you know, the Bible doesn't necessarily tell us to forget. And 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 I don't I don't even know if in a lot of cases that's that's really possible um, because if somebody really wounded us or whatever, we we might 
we might always remember it in the back of our mind, but but it does tell us to forgive. Yeah. And and I think I think forgive means we just release that person and what they did to us. Yeah. You know, we trust God to handle it and we just let it go and um you know, speaking you you mentioned a minute ago about praying for that person. Well, you know, when Job lost everything and 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 he lost his health, you know, he had boils all over his body. The Bible specifically says that God restored him double and re- restored his health when he prayed for his friends. And if if you read the book of Job, those weren't very good friends. Yeah, no, they were <laughs> they saying were, curse, curse God and die. Well, yeah, that's what his wife said. You know, but <laughs> but they, his his so called friends were kept blaming him and saying, "You must have messed up. You must have sinned. What did you do?" And you know, they kept telling him all these horrible things. They weren't very supportive and understanding, but, but yet Job prayed for them. Mm-hmm. And obviously he had to forgive them to pray for them. And, and, and God restored when he prayed for his friends. That's exactly what the scripture says, that God restored him when he prayed for his friends. So it's, it's a very powerful thing. And I've seen people who, who uh, have forgiven someone and, I, and, and I've led them in a prayer of forgiveness, receive instant healing once they forgave. Mm, so it's that. it's a it's a very powerful thing. That's so beautiful. This talking to my friend Steve Austin, his book is God Heals Eight Keys to Defeat Sickness and Receive Divine Healing. And I love that so much. Steve, can you pray for our audience right now in case they they think they don't know yes. if they've forgiven, but yeah. help them to yeah. uh, you know, just ask God to help me forgive. Yeah, absolutely. Father God, I just thank you, Lord, that that we can do all things through you who strengthen us. Father, I thank you, Lord, that you never ask us to do something that you don't help us to do. So, Father, I just ask you to help our friends who are listening today forgive anyone that they need to forgive, Father. Sometimes it's it's hard for us to do it in our own ability, but Lord, you can help us do it. You can help us release those hurts and pains and those people who have who have done us wrong and just to trust you to handle handle that situation, Father. So we just ask you to help us to forgive. And Lord, I just pray for whatever other needs they may have, Father. Just Heal them, bless them, provide for them, Lord. We just thank you that you're such an awesome God, that you love us with an everlasting love, that you have us in the palm of your hand. And Father, according to Psalm 138, verse 8, you are perfecting everything that concerns us. So we just give you praise and glory and honor in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 I love that so much. Receive that prayer today. Even if you need healing in your body, I believe that God is still the healer and he will heal. Thank you so much, Steve, for being with me today. And you you can get his book uh, wherever books are sold, Amazon. And uh, if you're in the Houston area, you may see Steve down at uh, one of the medical, one of the hospitals in our medical center. So we love you, Steve, and you're an amazing man of God. Love you guys too. Thank you so much for having me on. Thanks for listening to Victoria and Friends, produced in partnership with SiriusXM. If you like what you've heard, please leave a review and let us know what you think. And if you've not done so already, subscribe so you'll never miss a new episode. Thanks for listening to Victoria and Friends.